Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Amen. It is, uh, it's good to be here. Good to see you all. Uh, you guys can open up to Ephesians 6. We'll be there in a minute. My notes are going everywhere here. We're going to figure it out, though. If the order's wrong, then uh, I don't know. That, that's, that's, that's the Holy Spirit moving. That's right. That's right. You never know what's going to happen when the Spirit's moving. So we, we're continuing along in our series talking about the armor of God, and we've, we've actually covered a lot of it. Uh, we're going we're gonna to continue to cover just a little bit more um, this week and then next week, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close up. Um, so it's, it's in Ephesians 6, and again, by now we should be pretty familiar with, uh, with, with what's going on here. Um, in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. And that's that's what we want to do. So stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel full of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Today we're going to talk about the shield of faith. And we we understand that, that the we are really fighting against the devil. That is, that is the enemy. And, and we know that instead of using whatever the world uses to fight, we're going to use the armor of God. And we talked about the belt of truth. And we said we have to agree on what truth is. If we disagree on truth, good luck. We're not going to get anything accomplished. Uh, we said that we need to put the breastplate of righteousness on, which is basically in our relationships with Jesus. We need to lean into his righteousness being perfect. But then also, that, that perfection ought to do something to us as well. And if we do that, that, that kind of keeps our hearts in a good spot, ready to follow. We talked about last week having our feet fitted with the readiness from the gospel, being that we have to be actively moving forward. And if we're static and stationary, we're not going to accomplish all of the things that, that the Bible wants us to accomplish, that Jesus tells us to accomplish. And today we're talking about maybe the, the churchiest concept of all, uh, the, the shield of faith. And, and the, the big takeaway though is that I, I want us to leave with this understanding that, that, that this shield of faith is not something whimsical, up in the air, and, and impossible to attain. 
but rather it's a series of decisions that build on one another that lead us closer to Jesus. You know, we, we hear this, the shield of faith, and, and so quickly you, you think of all these, these things, that, oh, you're like, oh man, the shield of faith, what is faith, and, and what is the shield, and it's probably been used growing up all of the time. I, I want to debunk a little bit of that this morning, and I actually, I want to make it very practical for us just this week, how we can use faith. Because for so many, if you're in church or you're in this group of people, you're like, well, I have faith and that's good. Well, let, let's figure out what this means though to take up this shield of faith. And so my first point is to deliberately choose faith. You know, in, in, a, in, in the context of armor, everything else that, that's talked about is something that leading up to the battle, you would have had to put on and get prepared with, or at least put in its place. If you think about the sword, you'd have had to put on the belt. You've had to put on the breastplate. You'd have had to put on the helmet and all of that stuff. And yet the shield is something that's outside of your person that you would have to deliberately take up for, for you, you and I, we have to deliberately take up faith. Uh, you, you can open up to Luke 13. The, the idea of, of deliberately taking up something, it, it would automatically debunk maybe a lot of how we, we grow up. I don't know, on Facebook, you put your religious views and you just list Christianity. And I, I so many people who I've interacted with, uh, when I ask them, well, what, what's your, do you have a religious background or any, any kind of denomination or you have a disposition towards God? They'd identify that, oh, my mom or my grandmother was, Christian and, and she brought us to church and now I don't go too much, but I'm still a Christian. And it's just based on what happened you know, many years ago that your grandma or mom or potentially a male figure in your life decided to follow. And I, I would say for, for us and what the Bible teaches, there's no way that can be true. In, in Luke 13, it, it just, it, it says, then Jesus in 13, 22, then Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you'll say, we ate and drank with you. You taught in our streets. He will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There'll be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. When you say, see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out, people will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and the first and first who will be last. And so we, we, we have this thing going on here. And, and someone asked, he says, Jesus, are only a few people going to be saved? And, and I have to believe that as he's asking that question, he's saying, I'm part of the few that's going to be saved. I know that, but I'm asking for all these other people. Are only a few of those guys going to be saved? What does the number look like? like what, and what is the threshold of, of salvation that I can get to? What's the lowest percentile that I can reach to still make it to this good place that, that everybody wants to get to? He's comparing, right? He says, I, uh, 
what, what's, what's the marker? How do I know that I'm good or not? And what does Jesus say? He says, no, make, make every effort. He makes it way more difficult than just be better than five people. If this amount are going to be saved, just be better than, than half of that group and you're there. No, he says, make every effort. And, and he keeps on going. He says, there's, there's going to come a time when, when the stuff that we identify, if I had to ask us what is spiritual, I, I think we would say, well, going to church is spiritual. Reading the Bible is spiritual. Having people in our homes is spiritual. Listening to what Jesus says, that, that's spiritual. And yet he says that there's a time you're going to say, well, you guys were in association with me, but you weren't. I don't even, I don't even know you. And so just doing all of these things does not put us in a spot that we can, we can stand sturdy on and say, well, I know that I'm good because I go to church. I know that I'm good because I, I, I act like a Christian on, on some days of the week or most of the time. On a daily basis, we have to deliberately choose faith. And so I, I, I think this is, it, it becomes difficult the older that, that we come along spiritually, if you'll work with me, to deliberately choose faith. And I, and I feel it because although I'm, I'm, you know, whatever, from the time I was a freshman in college up until now, there, there's just a pattern or practices that I've been able to put into place that make things, it's almost easier in some ways to do things that are spiritual than not to do things that are spiritual. It is certainly for me easier to show up to church on Sunday than for me not to show up to church on Sunday. Because if I if I don't show up to church on Sunday, everyone's like, where are you? What's going on? How, how are you doing? Even take aside if I'm not even speaking. If I don't show up to church, there's a hundred answers that I, or questions that I have to answer. So it's easier for me to show up to church on Sunday. Think about, I, I think about the friends that I interact with and the, the easier thing to do is to decide, okay, I'm, I'm just, it's easier to spend time with them. They're my, they're my friends. And all of this stuff, I, I think the older that we get, the more that we build up. And, and it can be very difficult for us to choose faith deliberately on a daily basis. Yeah, I remember when I, when I really started getting serious about my faith and I was on the basketball team. And my basketball teammates knew that I was, I was spiritual. They didn't really know exactly what it entailed. But back then, it took everything out of me to not curse as I was playing basketball. And making a shot or doing this or whatever, and or missing a shot is probably more like what it what it was. And it took everything out of me to just not swear. Right now, if we go play basketball, you know what? Uh, I, I'm not going to swear, not because I have to think about it. It's just something that has been built up over time. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that I'm making every effort to not do that. And so there has to be something else then that I put into practice that that means that I'm making every effort to show my faith. And this is, this is cool. It's actually a really good thing for newcomers because, because it means that God is not so concerned with looking at what's going on on the outside as he is the condition of our hearts. You know, if, if we just took anything, you know, there, there's a, a few benches around here and, and we said, Hey, Daniel, any five, pick any five-year-old you want, Daniel, go move that bench and make every effort to move that bench. I think, I think he could make every single effort to move the bench. And I'd put before you that he's probably not moving that bench. And if, then if you said, Jaron or Kyle or Karn or Joe or anybody, go move that bench. And you know what's going to happen? 
to some degree or another, we're going to move the bench. I'm not sure how far we're going to move it. I don't. I really don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have a competition about that later. I have no idea. But, but we're going to move the bench, but we're not going to have to exert every effort to move the bench. And so if I, if I had to ask who, the, the question who moved it and who made every effort, there are two different answers. And God is concerned with the latter. He's, he's not paying as much mind to what's going on on the outside as he is, what's actually going on, the condition of our hearts. If we're going to extinguish the devil's arrows, then the call is to make every effort, and it, and it gets more difficult the older that we get. I want to ask, what have you done this week to stretch your faithfulness to God? And if, if we... If we're going to choose to be deliberately faithful, then it's it's much more difficult than just waking up and, and checking a box. It's it's stuff that I don't have the the answers to it. And deep down in our hearts, maybe we, we, we know uh, this means that if I'm going to be faithful, it means I have to do this. I have to go the extra mile. I have to allow myself to be burdened by these three or four things that it'd just be easier for me not to be burdened with. Or I have to make a point to reach out to this person or that person. I know they're going through a tough time. The Bible doesn't say that I have to necessarily, and in some ways it does, but I know that there's so much going on. But if I'm going to be faithful and trust that God's going to work, then that means I got to pick up the phone or I have to physically, physically interact with them. It's very difficult to deliberately choose faith, but it's the only way that we can, we can make it there on the final day. My, my second point is that faith is better together. You know, it's, it's so cool that, that, so in that day, we have this shield that would have to be brought up and picked up. And actually, you, you got to deliberately choose it. But then what would also happen is that there's these, these soldiers would be able to be in a, in a formation that would actually was called, uh, the translation is basically, they would call it the tortoise formation. And so what that would mean is these shields that were about three feet, three and a half feet by maybe two and a half feet would be held like this. And everyone on the outside, this is if they're, you know, extinguishing arrows that people are shooting these arrows, everyone would be on the outside and they would hold it. And then those in the middle of this formation would get a little bit low and put their shields above. And so th- it was very difficult to get through any one of them. And, and so you get this idea of a shell that's the, this tortoise shell. I, I think for, for you and I though, uh, spiritually, it's, it's just way better if we have people to go along with us. We can be very strong. We can have a shield of faith if it's just one of us, certainly. But if we're going to sustain ourselves and we need people around us to help us, uh, it's in Mark 2, the really cool story. The faith of one can be strong. The faith of many will sustain. Is Jesus talking here. And, and he, he's teaching, he's already developing a pretty, pretty intense following. It says in verse one, a few days later, Mark two, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them since they could not get him to Jesus because the crowd they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, 
He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Pause here. Now, we don't, we don't know how long this, this man had been paralyzed. We're not sure if it was from birth or if there was an accident that occurred. We, we don't know that. But what's incredible is that it says that he saw their faith. Make note, he didn't see the man, the paralyzed man's faith exclusively. He saw their faith, the collective faith that allowed the man to, and, and this is the, the, from what I understand, reading a little bit, they, they would say that the context written here and, and the words, uh, an opening is, is a pretty bad translation. It's more like they pounded their way through in an effort to get the man down. And so it wasn't some very delicate, you know, intricate, they're, pull, they're just like, hey, however we got to do it, we're getting our friend to Jesus. We're bringing him to Jesus, and then Jesus is going to do the rest. And, and so when Jesus says your sins are forgiven, that was way more to comment uh, and really provide him with the ability to be uh, connected to the society uh, again, because in that day they believed that based on your sins or the sins of your fathers is, is when you would be paralyzed or you would have a, a physical ailment. Um, and we know that's not true, but here we go. And then, and then keep reading down here. Uh, says, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat and walk? Uh, the answer is neither one is, is very easy to do. <laughs> uh, but I, wanna, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. You, you, you get the image, this crowded area, the man's dropped down and, and everyone's quiet. They're looking down on these individuals. You see the faces of, of the men, they're like, man, does Jesus, are we in the right spot? Does Jesus see us? And, and he saw, he sees all of their faith. And then I'm sure there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. These people, oh man, these, these guys, what are they doing actually? This doesn't make any sense. They're disrupting our, our good teacher. And then this amazing miracle occurs. And in a spot that was too difficult to even walk, he gets up and, and I just imagine the crowd parting as he gets up, takes his mat, and he walks out the door. And, and it's one of the most amazing images that, that, we, can, that we can get. But the, it doesn't happen by just this paralyzed man. It only happens through his friends deciding we are going to show our faith and know that if Jesus interacts with them, something good is going to happen. For, for you and I, there, there's no way that miracles can occur or the frequency of miracles that we want to happen can occur without people in our lives to help us do the same things. You know, I, I think this is, this is true in just about every sphere of life. But so I'm going to share, I almost, I almost didn't write this in the, the lesson because I know that it means an added amount of accountability that I really don't want. But, uh, but, but me and, me and Joe are, are kind of, we're, we're on our way to, uh, losing some weight. Basically we're, we're on my fitness pal, uh, which is an app that we, we enter in the, the calories on a day, it enters in all the, the different exercises and the goal, obviously, is to consume less calories 
then, then you burn. And so if you do that, then you're going to end up losing weight. It's kind of, it seems so simple, but, but it's so difficult when you're wondering, should I eat a cookie or not? Right. <laughs> I've used the app before and I've actually used it to great success, but I've only ever used the app by myself and putting it in. And it's like, oh, only by myself where no one else sees what I consume. But there, I can say with honesty, there's been twice in the last three days where I was about to eat some food or I was about to eat some more food. And I was like, I do not want to put this in the calories. I don't want to see the calories go negative, not only for myself, but because I know that I trust that Joe's actually looking at the same thing and he's going to, maybe he's going to ask me about it or maybe we'll make a, a funny joke about it. But I just don't want him to see that because we're doing it together. And I, and I know that he's working hard to, to be good and to lose weight as well. So, so earlier this week, I was just messing around and I was looking at, at Joe's uh, stuff and they, I saw there was a dessert he ate. And okay, everyone can eat dessert. I was literally just making a joke and I just made a little comment or whatever and I actually felt bad about it after because, uh, I don't know, it, was, it seemed like maybe not, not the best time to say it, but Joe called me afterwards and he, we were talking about the dessert that he ate and I said, bro, I really am sorry. I didn't mean to I put you on blast. It's really not a big deal. And he's like, no, I know, but I really appreciate that you were able to say that. And I had to pause and I was like, okay. And he said, well, because it means that you're actually looking and you actually care about what I'm doing. And, and the commitment that you made was not just for yourself to lose weight, but also to help me do the same thing. It's, it shows that you're actually invested. The, these men, certainly, they were, they were actually invested in the, in the life and in the spirituality and in the health of, of their friend. For you and I, we, we actually have to be invested in the lives of, of those sitting here. It's it's quite different, I think, than than what corporate Christianity would say. Where where I would say you could go to just about any church, any you know whatever church, and you would hear this lesson preached. And I I would say that most everybody would clap at the end, not not because the lesson's awesome, but because the content is is understandable, very clear. And yet the the difference is on after church until next Sunday morning, what's actually going on, and and are are there people that are actually holding you accountable to follow what you say you're going to follow. Who outside of your family is actually invested in your spiritual walk that you don't have to wonder about that, that is actually invested that, you know, if you're acting a fool, they're going to tell you, Hey, Hey, something, there's something off. This is that, that tortoise vibe. If you feel me that, that everyone has a shield and yes, we use the shield individually, but when we're going through a tough time, it's okay to use the shield to help somebody else as well. This is the way to not only to do Christianity, this is, this is the way to do life properly. The Bible is the source of truth and this is, this is the way to do it. I want to challenge you to this week, just take this very churchy concept of faith and to entirely throw it on its head. If you've been following God for 30, 40, 20 years, whatever, make a point that every morning when you wake up, you're going to choose faithfulness, not just because it's easy, but because it's, it's what we're called to do. If you're, if you're a newcomer, even better, because you have the opportunity on a daily and even hourly basis that I'm going to choose to be faithful and trust that every good decision you make, God sees it and he's fired up by it. 
And then focus on, on the lives of those around us, understanding that by ourselves, we're not able to accomplish all that God has intended for us in this Bible. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Save my souls.